this is Joey Chu, the host and a guy who brings everyone together. I think that's what a host does of the Game Mavens uh, podcast, where we talk about stuff that sort of fits the fits the uh, the theme, the month. Uh, Jesus, let's start that over. <laughs> okay. All right. Hmm. Where we talk about whatever the hell interests us. Yeah, more or less. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I'm Joey Chu, I'm the host. I decided to drop the, the call sign thing. I don't know, for reasons that I'll probably get into some other time. And uh, I'm joined by one other person today who is not like standing in front of me or you know sitting next to me on, or on a table. He has uh, access to the internet. <laughs> yeah, mixing things up. I'm uh, David Wynn. I'm just some random guy on the internet. Hmm. Uh, and uh, you happen to be the only other person I know who is as big a Shin Megami Tensei fan as I am. Probably bigger, actually. In fact, I think you're the biggest fan I've known of. Yeah, there are a couple uh, people I know who are uh, crazy fans, but they're also, as I said, crazy, so they probably won't come out of their hiding holes to talk. Or even, like, try make a Skype account, perhaps? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. So, for people who don't uh, know... Uh, Shin Megami Tensei, uh, you, you can uh, introduce it, I guess. Uh, sure, it's a long-running game series. It's been running since 1987 uh, with the first game. If you want to go even earlier, it was uh, the first game was based on a uh, book uh, written in the early 80s, although I can't seem to find a date anywhere online for that. Um, a book called Digital Devil Story... Uh, Megami Tensei. It was actually a series of books, but based on a BBS post. But um, it's still running and uh, actually probably healthier today uh, than it was back in the olden Super Nintendo and 16-bit era days, which is surprising for a lot of JRPGs now. Uh, concerning like before with Shin Megami Tensei, like you mentioned, it was a start as a novel. And that novel got an adaptation into an anime, and that's sort of like what the games are, like the, the first two games were based on. Yeah, from what I can uh, tell. Right? Right. Uh, it has the same kind of look for the characters and all that. But uh, I think it's... Uh, I think they're both supposed to be fairly faithful to the book. I, I mean, I've only read a couple chapters of the book because it's kind of <laughs> junk. Yeah, uh, just watching the anime, it was sort of like, that's kind of here or there. Yeah, it's a little cheesy. Indeed. But you do see, uh, the, obviously, the hallmarks of the SMT series are there. There's, uh, mm -hmm. there's cross-cultural mythology, the, yeah, it's like demons coming into the world digitally. Right, especially the, uh, the mix of traditional uh, magic and demons and stuff with computers, which is a theme that kind of pervades the rest of the series. Uh, and I think uh, Kazuma Kaneko, in a recent interview with uh, Famitsu, said that he viewed the series as being sort of like based on Arthur C. Clarke's, uh, or one of Arthur C. Clarke's rules of science fiction, which is any thoroughly advanced piece of technology is pretty much indistinguishable from magic. So basically, as soon as, soon as you start getting that kind of stuff involved, you can basically do whatever you want with technology. You can just say they can summon demons or whatever. Mm. Probably wouldn't be beyond the uh, the realm of possibility if people were crazy enough in the real world. Well, that's that's uh, going way too crazy to say. Yeah. I don't even I don't even know why I just said that. 
Uh, well, while they said the, the uh, I don't know, from what I heard, it was like the first game was based around that, and the second one uh, was. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Uh, I don't even. It was based. It's its own original thing, actually. Which is kind of weird, considering that yeah, it started off as a licensed franchise, and then we're just like, screw the license, we'll just do whatever we want with the names. And then they made, I don't know, they made, I think it was like, they made Jesus, or like, Lucifer, like a good guy, or something like that? That sounded kind of... Uh, to my knowledge, I don't know if Lucifer was in the game, I do know uh, Yahweh was one of the final bosses. Mm. Uh, so, uh, in fact, one of the early articles I saw on Shin Megami Tensei was saying, uh, it had a picture of the uh, sprite, which is just a giant blue floating head, and uh, this is Megami. Then it has, this is a Digital Devil Story too for 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 still at the Famicom back then, or right? Oh, whoa, that's kind yeah. of a interesting considering what happens later on in the series. Yeah, uh, and they had that sprite sitting right next to Michelangelo's uh, or Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel rendition of God, and it said, "God is according to Michelangelo." Uh, Michelangelo. God is according to some Japanese guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that was... Uh, what was that? I think it was one of the... That was I, Kurt Kawada. Uh, yeah, and this probably... Uh, wait, Kurt Kawada, you said? Yes, Kurt Kawada, who wrote the Hardcore Gaming 101 article. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, the very famous one, yeah. Yeah, that was a, that's a great article for people listening to check out Hardcore Gaming 101. And uh, I think yeah, it was actually uh, Hardcore Gamer magazine. Uh, I think they had something like an article or two about the original SMT games as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe not going so All far right. as the Digital Devil Story uh, Famicom ones, but well, I guess we because also the discussion. We really never. I don't, I don't know. I think you played them probably. I never did. Uh, I only played a little bit of them because they're just they're really really dated, and I don't really want to go through the trouble of parsing the Japanese to play what I know is a kind of substandard product. Yeah, not very good by today's standards game. Uh, I played a bit of Q, er, Qu Yaku Megami Tensei. Uh, if you know how the hell you pronounce Kyu-yaku. that. Yaku Megami Tensei was yeah. it? Yeah, the, the, uh, Megami Tensei: The Old Testament. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and they had the interesting cover with the uh, the the half demon, half angel thing. Yeah, that had a really good cover actually. And it was but, supposed uh, to be uh, the Super Famicom, Super Nintendo version of the two games uh, fused together back to back or something like that, right? Right. Exactly. With redone art and all that. All right. I guess we have exhausted that talk there real quick. It looks uh, much nicer though. Hmm. It's a bit more playable. It was also interesting. Uh, the first two games were a Namco game, right? I think I think I actually remember that a little bit. Yeah, uh, and I didn't know this until reading an interview with Cosmic Conico, and I don't, I have never seen anything else about this on the internet. But apparently, Atlas started off as a subsidiary of Namco. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, go. If anybody on the internet is listening to this and knows anything about it, uh, be sure to tell me because I'm. I cannot find any information on Atlas's relationship with Namco. <laughs> Imagine, like, well, you know, uh, Bob, uh, what you call it, Dick Doug does look a little bit like uh, Jack Frost, maybe. A little bit, but I think... It, uh, <laughs> Same sort of yeah, uh, spirit just, of pudgy mascots. <laughs> I think the thing is, it's just Japanese companies are just so weird, especially compared to American companies. There's much fewer dividing lines, and they're not as clear. Yeah, and Christian Nutt, I remember uh, on the Retronaut said that once. Uh, compared, I remember the words he used were kind of incestuous and evil. It's just a, as a joke thing, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, hmm. All right, from the from those two games came uh, a Super Nintendo era, and that was the very first uh, Shin Megami Tensei game. Uh, right. Granted that. That's where I think a lot of people would argue that uh, it's 
sort of got its own uh, its own unique flavor. Like Shin Megami Tensei, or sorry, Megami Tensei 2 for Famicom definitely established a lot of things. It was post-apocalyptic. It had the demons and all that. But it was still pretty light on story and was very rough. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei for Super Nintendo kind of established its general feeling. Uh, kind of the level of story it had. Uh, the dark themes and all that. Yeah, the atmosphere. Like, uh, uh, like the, the city that you're living in is... Uh... Like this, uh, like, I think from this is I never played it. Uh, I think you, but you have like played through the translations, right? Yes, I. Have. Uh, so correct me whenever I'm uh, putting stuff out. Like apparently, like this, this, like the local like neighborhoods like all locked down because of attacks that you don't know at the time right. are actually from demons, and like something as simple as going out to get a cup of coffee for your neighbor or something like that comes really messed up and weird. And you're like, yeah. And you, oh yeah, oh that's right. By the way, obviously this is going to be a uh, as a very spoiler laden discussion of the entire series but right. even so like uh, for people well we'll try to get not get too spoiler spoilerific on right i won't say some like, at the things. end of nocturne i was doing that did that yeah i got this ending or you know but the, and, uh, i think uh, well, or i might like just say i got the neutral ending yeah i'm but. sure like with the the statue of limitations is out for one and two which will never come here really as far as we Probably as not. far as uh, it's concerned not unless they do like in my dreams they're doing uh dragon quest have f- uh, four and five style remakes for those in Fantasy Star. Oh but, yeah, or like, tra- or like, uh, take even just taking the Super Nintendo ROMs and like translating them and bringing a virtual console, which they said would like be really hard on their own on uh, by itself. Right. Well, it's because they would have to hack it, and it would be just too much effort to go through for Atlas USA. Mm-hmm. So, but away from that diversion. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, you uh, start off the game, your mom asks you to go to the mall and get her some coffee, uh, and, you know, you start seeing, well, actually, no, it starts off with a dream, and you see a guy who's being crucified and a guy who has a demon on his back, and those turn out to be your two allies throughout the game, your Law and Chaos heroes, uh, or the avatars of Law and Chaos, should you choose to call them that, and then some naked chick, and then you wake up, then your mom asks you to go get some coffee at the mall. And just, like, screw, fucked up things just keep on happening. You get this email from a stranger named Stephen, who looks suspiciously like Stephen Hawking. He's in a wheelchair, uh, and there's a computer there. Right. Uh, his head tilts a little bit to the side. Mm. In the sprite, uh, yeah. You never see it much in the artwork, but in the sprite, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you can see his, like, redone artwork uh, in the... Hanukkah works three, I think. Indeed. But um, he's very Stephen Hawking, and he sends you an email that gives you a devil summoning program. Uh, I guess you're just uh, assuming that it's not a virus, so you download it, and you start to find, like, demons in the streets. People are talking about how uh, seven girls were murdered over by uh, the park or whatever. And uh, eventually, your mom has a demon pop out of her chest like an alien. It turns out that your mom's been dead all this time, and she was... Right, the, uh, or ever since you went out to get the coffee, she was eaten alive, and then the demon possessed her or whatever. And like, like basically used her skin as a coat or something like that, yeah, something grotesque. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then from there you go and find out all the things that's been happening. It turns out that, uh, much like 
so many other sci-fi stories, the ultimate moral of the damn thing is don't fuck with teleporters. And uh, <laughs> so then you find out that demons have further infiltrated the world and uh, the American military has invaded Japan. Uh, they're being manipulated by, I think, Thor? Uh, it's, uh, it's like uh, General... Th- I think it was like General Thorman. Thorman. Ambassador Thorman, yeah. Yeah, who turns out to be Thor, of course. And uh, uh, and, and, also, and he's a, an agent of uh, the, 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 the Messians or something the like law. that, right? The, which is yeah. the, like, the cult of the law, of the, the side right, of law. The, uh, the, the thousand-year kingdom, or the kingdom of the millennium, whichever yeah. you prefer to call it. Hmm. Um, and he basically orders a tactical nuclear strike on uh, Japan... You managed to get sent into this, like, paradise world, I'm not entirely sure about it, uh, where you meet up with Jesus and he uh, saves your skin for a while. Is it and explicitly it stated that it's Jesus? What? Is it explicitly stated that it's Jesus? Uh, he looks very much like Jesus. They don't actually explicitly say he's Jesus, but... Nor do they uh, do have any, like, sprite art or character art that would look like a uh, dude with a beard in they, a room. They do have uh, one piece of art, but uh, it's not for Megami Tensei, it's uh, the Agony Sprite, which is Jesus wrapped in uh, barbed wire carrying a cross. Oh, yeah. But, um, to my knowledge, Jesus has made no other appearances outside of that. Mm. Um, But, yeah, he, uh, you hang with him for a while, you get warped back into your normal world where it turns out that 30 years have passed, you haven't aged a day, but um, yeah, you're hanging out with your law hero and your chaos hero. And you go and uh, on an odyssey to uh, see what's going on, help your friends who have survived, and uh, establish a new world order. So. After the, the after like the, after the overly, I don't know, I don't want to say, I don't want to say overly symbolic, but after like the, the, the nuke attack, there's also like a, a, revi- a, uh, a revisitation to the, the flood uh, myth, right? There's like a sort of flood metaphor, or was that part two? Already? Yeah, there is actually a flood, like a literal flood. Mm. But, uh, yeah, they incorporate all kinds of various myths into that. All sorts of, like, uh, stuff from, uh, like, religious texts and religious themes, like, uh, the, 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 I think it was the woman you see in the beginning, turns out to be, uh, Lilith or something like that? Yes, she, uh, turns out to be Lilith. She's uh, much more naked than she is in the later games. And she tries to kill the female protagonist so she can become your partner or something like that? Yeah, uh, to my knowledge, there's no way you can avoid uh, fighting her in the game. Mm-hmm. But that is something that is notable about it, is that it's the first game with, or first game in that series with alignments. Uh, uh, as I said, there's Law, Chaos, and then there's also Neutral. There's no gradations and, uh, between them, like Lawful, Good, or Evil, something like that, that like D&D style. Right, there's, uh, yeah, it's not good and evil, it's uh, just law, chaos, neutral. They scrap the whole good-evil idea because they want to try and do the whole moral gray area thing. So, like we mentioned, like the, hey, we just mentioned the morality, and then there's like, uh, so basically if you're if you're uh, for going for a law, then you want to establish a thousand-year kingdom, like we mentioned. If you're going for chaos, then you're teaming up with Lucifer to let the demons overrun the world or something like that? Right, uh, well, chaos is really... I mean, Lucifer is kind of the avatar for chaos, but uh, what it really is about is a lot of uh, personal freedoms. Hmm. Um, I can't remember. I can never keep it straight. Is it Thomas or is it uh, Thomas Hobbes or John Locke who uh, 
uh, thought of the social contract idea. Social contract uh, basically, idea. where you sacrifice your personal freedoms for the sake of security from the government and things like that. Hmm. Uh, but it kind of ties into that. You sacrifice your own personal freedoms for order if you go for law. Of course, that means that you kind of end up in the totalitarian dictatorship yeah. uh, area. You get a lot whereas, of, like, the angels are really, like, very, uh, very uh, Orwellian-like to uh, you get the right. sense. And then uh, you see Lucifer, and he's, like, he's not, like, the, the big, bulky, like, demon thing with ring with wings. He's not, like, a big Satan figure from South Park. He's a, right. he's a dude in a cut suit. He looks like David Bowie. A little bit. Uh, he does later have wings, but... Yeah. Uh, this one he assumes a form, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he comes up as, uh, sorry, Louis Cipher. Yes. Uh, nice uh, subterfuge there. Yep. And Chaos is really just about complete and total freedom. Yeah, and then in the it's... middle is neutrality where you, uh, where most people liken it to saying, screw you to every both sides, and be like, I'm going to do it. Uh, I don't even know what the end goal for neutrality is, but apparently it means getting... Trying to... Yeah, it's trying to find a better solution, even if that area is kind of uncertain. And means killing every boss in, bo- yeah. every, in the entire game. I was going to say, it involves killing everybody in your path. Indiscriminately murdering people is the way to go. To get the best <laughs> ending. <laughs> to get the best quote-unquote ending, yeah. Right. Uh, who's, the, who's the final boss in this one? Oh, jeez, I can't even remember. Um, I barely remember, like, I think it's like the the four, uh, the four guys, like Bishamon and... Whatever. Yeah, I think you're right here. Because it's because uh, uh, I can just check real quick because mm. somebody did a let's play of Shin Megami Tensei. 1. Yeah, you could check out the ramble a bit, like, like even like uh, Cosmoconical. Like uh, we can't talk about him a lot. He's like the basically the main guy behind SMT now, right? Kind of. Besides just being the artist creative, back then, now he yeah, is. Yeah, he's their creative director, who's kind of the the thread that kind of binds everything together. And he's like the the one with the massive like uh, demonology encyclopedia. Or something like that, in his head, mm-hmm. and he even said like uh, Shibigami Tensei okay. is very much a lot of a lot of like a story about all this stuff happening in Tokyo. So, like it, it sort of makes sense. That, like you are uh, fighting the four, uh, the four. Uh, I don't even know how to call it, like the four uh, guardians, something like that, from each uh, north, south, east, west, uh, to do something. Divas, I believe. Yeah. Here we are. Uh, the final boss is Asura. Asura. Uh, let's see, Asura Lord. According to the fan translation, how does that come about then? Um, Let's give it like a. He's, as, he is an agent. He is an agent of law trying to establish the Thousand Year Kingdom. Oh, I see. Would you fight him at all on the law side or not? Um. Oh jeez. Or law side have been a boss like Beelzebub or or a chaos uh, boss. Beelzebub is also in there. Ariak is in there. Uh, I believe I was lawfully aligned, so I didn't have to do quite so many boss battles. Hmm. It was a little bit easier for me. Lilith have, would Lilith have been a, a law side, or? Uh, I believe Lilith is chaos side, but I don't think there's a way to avoid fighting her. Let's see. Yeah. Man, I can't even remember half of this. Oh, yeah, it's Asura been a while, Mazda, it? Here we are. Uh, God of the Zoroastrians. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's Ahura Mazda and uh, Ahriman. Ungermine you? Yeah. This is either one of those. Yeah, no, I was actually just reading some stuff on Zoroastrianism last night and how it ties into Hinduism, but... Hmm. Recently found out, through that same uh, source, that all the spell names for the Shin Megami Tensei games are in Sanskrit. Oh. So, like, Aji, or Agi is just uh, Sanskrit for fire. 
Agi, Zio, Bufu, uh, and what was it before they changed it to Garu? Uh, it was uh, Zan. Zan. Yeah, Zan. Why Garu? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Wait. And then, of course, they screwed it up by adding... Well, I don't know. Actually, Terra might be... It could be... Terra could be uh, the same uh, root language since it might just be Indo-European, but... Uh, yeah, Ludo. Uh, yeah, that's the problem. I just know fuck all about Sanskrit. <laughs> well, like we go back to like because uh, it says Meg- uh, Megami Tensei. Uh, the, the thing that was funny is uh, they call it Shin Megami Tensei because Shin was like uh, it was back in the Super Nintendo Super Famicom days. They put Shin on on the back of a lot of the word Shin, like uh, which is like true or brand new or something like that. Yeah, it's basically it's, it's the rough equivalent of saying like super. Yeah, so they would like yeah, pin that on the back of franchises to. To give it like to indicate like this is a brand new unique flavor and it and uh, uh I guess it sort of was with SMT really because they did depart from the the original novels in that way. Right. Could you say anything about the battle system? Was it traditional turn based and like? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was kind of. It was pretty much like Dragon Warrior. You uh, select all your moves and then everybody tries to go at once and it's determined by your speed stat. And I wonder if the you know if the listeners who aren't gamers are wondering like how the hell your your human protagonist would fare against demons. So he has like guns and a sword, right? Right, and uh, something I like about those older games is that the guns are always way, way more effective than swords. <laughs> yeah. It just makes goddamn sense. Yep. As opposed to like pretty much every Japanese RPG, especially nowadays, uh, where for some reason guns always outclass swords. Swords always outclass guns, you mean? Oh, right, yeah. whatever. It's like a midly bullet. There's, there's nothing compared to the otter. I don't even going to go there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's also just because they don't I don't know, the people making these obviously have never seen a gun in their life, which is how they get stuff like Resonance of Fate and all its crazy-ass gun mm. So we go from uh, part one, Shin Megami Tensei 1, to Shin Megami Tensei 2, aptly named as a sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, shockingly enough, a direct sequel. Yep. Fancy that. And uh, they do something with uh, uh, that you... Nowadays, I think it'd be hard to sell, like having a, a direct sequel that takes just one ending because now we're all about like moral like moral choices and like branching paths and endings it's hard to make a direct sequel to that now back then it was like you know that was just an rpg so they just made a story and they were like okay there's a story to go mm-hmm. and for, and apparently from what they said like uh the you default a neutral ending of uh, shin megami tensei one where you kicked everyone's ass and say humanity's gonna make its own choices if you want to go Gaian or Gaian, like the chaos called, uh, or a Messian, the you know, follow the, the church and stuff. Gaians, the, do, uh, who are totally not the Catholics. Yeah, and like do whatever you want, and, and then they make a statue in his honor, and then that's as far as they go before all hell breaks loose again. From what right. I hear, there's uh, there's still demon waves, and there turns out to be like some sort of plague, and basically the environment just completely screws up. There's still nuclear fallout coming down, and it forces people to kind of devolve into a slightly more tribal society or uh, a little bit more yeah the the world reforms around the catholic church or sorry messiah church <laughs> i keep on doing that sometimes <laughs> it's not even intentional oh uh, it's not it's hard not to make the comparison really i mean they have giant crosses on their banners they're kind of uh, crazy about enforcing their beliefs they're basically just really highly fundamentalist catholic assholes <laughs> And they make a, and once again, it's uh, they built the ruin. It's off the ruins of Tokyo, right? And they call it Tokyo Millennium, the new city they have. Right. 
And uh, actually, later in the game, you go underground and you find the ruins of old Tokyo. So, mm -hmm. not that you could have identified it if they hadn't called stuff like Ikebukuro or whatever. Yeah. Saksa. Yeah, I didn't play this one either. I bet you played this one, right? Yeah. Um, I love the like one thing it. I've really known about. I've seen about part two is like some of the like the story uh, sequences, which are like you know click through text boxes. But like I really love the intro where you just see the the, the slow crawl of text and you see the city slowly being built until you see mm. this like giant pyramid and see just weird like ominous boom from the from the yeah. A, uh, I really like that opening. It's uh, got a lot of it has a lot more uh, established atmosphere than a lot of Super Nintendo games. Yeah. And uh, speaking of intros, like, uh, freaking the first game's intros, uh, all you hear is, like, this ominous, uh, like, yeah, it has sound. You hear, like, the heartbeats, and then you see these flashing bits, flashing mm -hmm. scenes from what you're going to uh, encounter, what people are going to encounter later in the game, and then you just see, like, lines of code coming down that are presumably, like, the devil program. Right. And what's also great about that is, um, I read somewhere that there's, like, a one in, I don't know, something million chance, so, like, you'll probably never see it. But occasionally, uh, they programmed it in so that one every time, or every now and then, uh, very rarely, it will just start. It won't go to the title screen. It will just say, "Turn it off, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off," and it's kind of trying to freak you out in a way. Damn. Like, yeah, Eternal Darkness sanity effects before yeah. Eternal Darkness. It's like some witchy kindly like turn, take this Satan game and turn it back to GameStop, whatever they call it. <laughs> yeah. In Japan. <laughs> So, yeah, we've got this place called Tokyo Millennium, and your protagonist, you're not playing the guy from part one anymore, obviously. It's uh, right. a 20 year gap, and uh, your guy's nowhere to be found. Presumably killed off, who knows? Mm -hmm. All we know is there's a statue uh, you're there. You're playing as a new guy named Aleph. Um, He's codenamed Hawk because you are due with Amnesia. <laughs> yeah, uh, Amnesiac Hero is very popular at that time. Um, still somewhat popular, but are starting to wane a little bit, thank God. Yeah, now we got uh, more people doing uh, characterization and uh, quality voice acting, but right. uh, well, and also it's just people are starting to grow tired of the trope. You have to think of a more organ. Like I understand you want to introduce your world and you don't want to make it seem like, well, why are we explaining this to you if you've already existed here? But you can be a bit more creative about that. Mm. So but, you're uh, uh, you're Hawk and you. Uh, and you're talking Millennium, and uh, something about and uh, something about how gladiatory gladi gladiator combat is like the entertainment of uh, the society, or something. Yeah, like that. all of the poor specifically. Uh, and you go, and you go up the ranks that. by killing stuff, right? Something like that. Right, and you actually when you start off the game, you're at your very last battle against uh, a guy called the Red Bear or something. <laughs> the uh, Red Bear. Yeah, he uh, he looks a bit like Ivan Drago. Oh man. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's your final battle, uh, and once you win that, you earn your right into the center, which is basically where all the upper-class people live. Um, and then the lady who is introducing you to the center says, Oh, wait, you were actually a resident of this the entire time. You just forgot about it. And um, it turns out somebody had been tampering with your me uh, memories rather than you just got hit on the head or something. And so there's that intrigue of looking for whoever it was that tampered with your memories as it were <laughs> yeah and then uh, and you find and as you go on with the story you see a lot of people are suddenly like like, like gravitating towards you and like you're someone of real importance and then well actually pretty much as soon as you get into the center you get this bishop dude who says hey you're the messiah oh. predicted by <laughs> john in the book of revelations 
it's like okay the one who leads us to the promised land or something like that right yeah yeah and uh then it turns out you're actually a human clone and uh because they thought well yeah well recreated she's going to be a virgin but uh we don't have the uh, magic to we're just going to improvise science instead of magic going back to that theme uh and have her impregnated without sex so um the creepy thing the creepiest and probably the secret most controversial thing about Megami Tensei 2 because everybody talks about SMT2 yeah well, uh, I mean, it gets past the part where it's like yeah biblical uh, Yahweh is the final boss or whatever right everybody talks about that part um, yeah. but I think the creepiest kind of weirdest part is that you end up hooking up with this chick named Hiroko Oh, yeah, yeah. Who is your mother, kind of? Yeah. She's the person who gave birth to you. Yeah. So, yeah, I. Uh, she's not related, but it's still pretty damn creepy. Yeah. I gotta say. Well, how how does the uh, the relationship, as it were, like unravel, like uh, out unfold like that in the game? I mean, the, uh, it's like because you know you said uh, the city basically destiny you as messiah, so they give you everything from like. Arrival, they built like they created for you. Like everyone's like basically homunculus or whatever you call it. Like right, like they the, made uh, specifically, uh, yeah, a guy to be the false messiah. Uh, once again, as predicted in the Book of Revelations. Yeah, and they make uh, like this dude who like watches over you, uh, Zane or something like that. Zane, yeah. Zane, Zane, and, yeah. Uh, and then they got Beth, who is your uh, the, the created as uh, you're supposed to be your partner, or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, Beth is supposed to be your partner. It's just like a uh, power swap, sort of, of the part one's prote uh, female protagonist. Blue armor instead of red. A little bit. She, uh, <laughs> she actually does, for the most part, have her own unique uh, character, but the problem is that the parallels start breaking down, and I guess that's part of the... I mean, they intentionally did that. They wanted the idea to break down, in that uh, she gets killed fairly early on. Mm. So, uh, by your... Uh, by the... False Messiah, Daylith. Yeah. What's the name of the dude who uh, who has that harp and? Uh... Oh, Gimel. Gimel, yeah. He's the one who goes like, "You are the Messiah," or something like that. Yeah, he's uh, in charge of a place called Arcadia, which is sort of the paradise. Where did I hear that Valhalla is in this game? I <laughs> oh, bless you. Uh, Valhalla. All the towns are named after some sort of paradise. Well, except for Holy Town, which is kind of. Holy town. Okay. Yeah, you start off, but yeah, you start off in Valhalla. Uh, that's the first place, which is kind of a slummish area. Oh. So, uh, dissonance between the name and the actual condition of the place. Oh. And then, uh, uh, well, and you know, as a as per hallmark of SMT series, uh, the law and chaos forces are they're less behind the scenes now, right? Because the city right. is basically this one's very much upfront about its. Uh, alignments and much more upfront about it's it's very much focused on judeo-christian mythology yeah you got the, um, the archangels and they've uh they've built uh like you mentioned like you got this uh the picture of the, the head uh which is right. like god and then you find and then you find out that the, the angels have gone rampant or something like that and they mm -hmm. created the the false uh yahweh which is a big floating blue head yeah and He's kind of false, he's kind of not. Um, he does speak in the same way, right? The same uh, diction. Right. And he says, like, yeah, after you kill him, because uh, whatever route you're on, law, chaos, or neutral, you're still going to fight him in some way. 
you'll just say, you know, as long as people still need someone to cling to, uh, as long as there's still need for religion, I'll still be around. Mm. Like people, but, like human, humanity is not is, is so is not so strong that they can't like live by themselves. They always right. need to believe in something. Yeah. And you know, uh, Kaneko has uh, come out and said that, yeah, Yahweh is not supposed to like represent the ultimate evil or anything. He's not trying to rail against. Like, they weren't trying to rail against Christians so much, even though uh, many points of their games might uh, uh, imply that. Yeah. Well, but uh, he said that Yahweh in, specific, or in general is supposed to be uh, symbolic of all religions. Basically, the end of SMT2, where you kill Yahweh and try and go off and found a new society, is saying something about casting off religion in modern society and trying to progress from there. So, but I guess people are listening would be confused as to why God would want to destroy humanity in the first place. Uh, he doesn't really want to destroy them, he just wants absolute control. Hmm. So much. So, like, you would think that he would like what's going on in Tokyo Millennium until he sees the part where his angels are crazy and they, build, they make, like, a, a false version of him, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I guess we should get back to, uh, like, the character Zane, who, uh, it turns out that uh, I'll also find, figure out how does, how does Lucifer fit in this because he uh, he appeared in part one he has a much more prominent role in two right yes he is uh, much more involved um, you meet him eh, halfway-ish in the game and you actually do go into the uh, the Japanese underworld I believe jeez uh, what's it called Yoma I think Yomi right Yomi right you go into Yomi and you go meet him there and uh, he might join your cause if you're properly aligned. Like on but, the uh, chaos side? Right. And, uh, let's see, what else was there? Yeah, he just, like I said, he played a much more prominent role. So. And this is the first time we see him in any, uh, in any uh, specific uh, form, right? Like, uh, the Lusa, like the, like the green, the sort of uh, dark green skin uh, Lucifer sprite. Um, you're thinking of Satan. Uh, Lucifer's sprite is the very fair-skinned dude with. No, the he's got white. two forms. He's got the, the the. No, no, one is Lucifer and one's Satan. Well, I thought the the the, the, no. the fair-skinned oh, no, no, angel no, no. is yeah, Lucifer, yeah, 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 right? You're right. You're or something right, like you're that, right. Lucifera. Yeah, uh, Satan's actually the blue dude with a lot of boobs. Yeah, <laughs> the serpentine uh, demon, uh, like demon-looking right. agent of law, with right, right. a lot of breasts for some reason. You gotta wonder Jeez. about that. <laughs> it's a pretty interesting. It's so weird that this is design. all starting to get muddled in my mind. I only played these three years ago. It's not bad. That's something better said than you know I've ever played them. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But um, yeah, interesting all around. Um, outside of that, it's pretty. It's very very similar. They. Uh, they made it just a little easier, which is nice because oh, cool. uh, Shin Megami Tensei 1 especially is balls hard. Do all the human uh, characters have guns and swords? Yes. Because you do have uh, human allies. Not, it's, not always, it's not always demon recruiting and fusing. Right? right. And in a lot of Shin Megami Tensei 1 you had at least one human ally, although that didn't... I mean, that wasn't always the case, but quite often you did. But in this, you almost always have a human with you. Uh, usually it's Hiroko. And uh, yeah, she has gun, sword, and magic. Coincidentally, uh, yeah, and I forgot to mention, uh, in almost all the games, you, you, your main character does not have magic spells. You kind of sacrifice your, uh, 
you sacrifice magic to use your comp, basically. The comp being the the interface to, with the Devil Summoner program, right? Right. And the, and the demon communication, where you can negotiate to recruit demons to your side. Or get mm, items. Once again, tying into that whole technology versus magic idea. Hmm. And I guess before we uh, move on, we'll talk a bit about uh, the games and why they probably never came here. But I guess the last thing is uh, this thing called the... I don't know if I remember this right. The Megiddo Arc? Is that the, the, the super weapon that uh, God had built no. somewhere to destroy the world or something like that? To yeah, wipe it, discard one? Everything will be completely leveled and uh, a spaceship, basically an arc, uh, will be launched and you'll be able to refound society after that comes back down. Mm. But yeah, it's basically just the giant reset button. And Satan is like, because uh, we mentioned like Satan and Lucifer's two different characters. Satan is like that, the scaly, uh, this serpentine, uh, like avatar thing, and it's like this, uh, s I don't know, like the supreme, like, the metaphor I've heard is like he's like a lawyer or like a, a judge or something like that, a prosecutor or something like that, some sort of like, uh, av some sort of figure from, uh, like, judging humanity. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, and he actually does work with. Uh, Yahweh, apparently. So. And you can uh, uh, have it join your party, right? And then yes. on the law side, and if you do, and if you defeat the final, the final boss is always Yahweh, right? Yes. No and matter if, what you do, and then although he'll be much much easier if you're lawfully aligned. Uh, and if you defeat him, then uh, Satan crumbles because it killed his own master, right? Something like that. Yes. Mm. He crumbles into dust, which is kind of weird looking. Cool. Well, if I remember anything from how Chrono died, spoilers from Chrono Trigger, then. Uh, uh, is it anything like that? Like, just slowly melting away? A little bit. He, uh... Well, first he turns gray, and then he kind of dissolves into dust, which comes, like, just falls to the ground. So. That sounds yeah. pretty... Uh, interesting imagery there. <laughs> yeah, some, a lot of the imagery is really interesting, despite its kind of uh, low-budget presentation. Uh, a lot of it is basically just like a slideshow where the character comes up and that's it. They don't really have any animation. They don't really do much. And it'll just say, like, Lucifer did X, Y, and Z, and then his sprite will disappear. And then it's like, yeah, you see that whatever going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's just one bit. Uh, oh, geez, I forgot. This one bit I keep, keeps coming to my mind because I look at Abaddon and I'm like, why the hell did you choose that design for him? And then it's like Abaddon swallows the entire city of Token Millennium or something like that. Yeah, no, but he... He's a uh, giant he swallows, mouth, basically, with hands. Yeah, he swallows Valhalla. Oh, Valhalla, yeah. Right. The the center actually unleashes him on Valhalla, which is where you... I mean, outside of the fact that it's just Shin Megami Tensei game, so you naturally know you shouldn't trust law. Uh, that's kind of the point where you start to question what's going on. Uh, and uh, Zane, uh, who turns out to be the Chaos Hero, he starts off very pious, very much following the beliefs of... Uh, the messiah church and after that he starts to question it and basically becomes the chaos avatar so and Zane becomes satan too right yeah so that's interesting yeah if you consider like if you'll be able to bring him on your side wait never mind <laughs> so yeah shin Gum tensei one and two uh important in establishing a lot of things in the series indeed and then, uh, shortly after that, they did a very quick follow-up called Shin Megami Tensei If... Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, which is, uh, the If is, uh, apparently, uh, related to this, uh, this movie, uh, If, which is also, uh... Malcolm McDowell. Hmm? 
Uh, yeah, which has Malcolm McDowell in it. Oh, yeah. So what does he have to do with that again? <laughs> uh, it's about a kid. It, I, I'm trying to... I've been it's sort of like reveling against uh, the authority figures in a, in a right. school or something like that. Yeah, he's just kind of being an anarchist in his school. Mm. And I've been trying to find that movie for a while now, but I just can't find it anywhere outside of... Even online, it's kind it of It was a Criterion because... collection in DVD, I think is why. Probably like they yeah. lost the rights and then you got to find it on eBay for really expensive. Yeah, and I recently, I did see one copy, but I didn't have the means to buy it at the time when I went back to Barnes & Noble. Uh, uh, it was just gone. Darn, should have, bought it from, should have borrowed it from my uncle. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, so if it, is, uh, it, it takes place in the school, and I think it's about as far as the similarities go for Shin Megami Tensei F, where you are... Oh, okay. actually, actually, uh, it turns out uh, that's sort of in an alternate version of the same universe, because he talks about how he saw, or one of the teachers who gives you your comp, uh, or modifies it to do the double summoning thing, said that uh, he saw some other kid on the street outside the building doing something similar, and then mentioned something about he was going to the mall. And this is where we start to get to alternate timelines, because almost all of the main games, Double Summoner, Persona, and Shin Megami Tensei, start off at the beginning kind of tom timeline, but then branch. They're all kind of in the same universe, in a way. Would you say it should be going to say if I mean there's no none of the social link stuff that became prevalent with part three and four, but in terms of atmosphere no. one and two, was it was it like would it be a uh, like a like a sort of an, like a distant ancestor to uh, Persona? In a way, yeah, it established a lot of things for Persona. Like it had what they called jeez, uh, guardians, um, guardian something, guardian demons. I can't remember, but basically. Stands. It's not too far removed from the Guardian forces of uh, Final Fantasy VIII, for people who are familiar with that, or the Personas in Persona 1. And, uh, and basically, you got a Guardian who would impact uh, what skills you had and uh, also your stats. But uh, the main problem with that system is that it was really rough and unrefined, so to get a new Guardian, which you had to do... Uh, fairly often, you had to kill yourself, which is pretty goddamn stupid. What? Yeah, so every time, and... I mean, how would you do that, that in terms of the game mechanic? Do you just run into a battle and just hit yourself, or like have your party members hit each other until like one dies or something you like can't that? Even, well, you can't even fight yourself like Jeez. in Final Fantasy, so you have to let an enemy do it. So, yeah, it's sort of progressive in that it had that system, and also there was no, like, there was no game over. Like, it would just send you to the uh, river, or to, like, I think the river sticks or something, and he would say, oh, it's not time for you yet, go back. And then you would be, said, you could, or then they said, hey, you can select a new guardian force. Sounds a bit like, but, uh, uh, like Dragon Quest, where if you die, you would just go back to the inn with some gold lost, but otherwise you have your progress and just keep going and try right. again. Right, and, the, and uh, if you have, like, you start back where you were, pretty much. But, uh, or you get kicked back just a little bit, but yeah, there's not a whole lot of penalty other than you, know, you have to. The main problem is that you have to select that to select a new guardian force. So that uh, oddity aside, do you think it was like a, a bit of a, a, main, a more probably mainstream entry in SMT? A little bit. Um, from what I can tell, there's a lot of love for that. Uh, you know, just looking over Japanese uh, message boards and fan art sites and stuff. Um, it was also one of the first games that let you select your gender, which is... Uh, in the series, the only... you mean. Right. Hmm. And uh, so you... Uh, the 
female main character who they later called Tammy in uh, Persona 2 Eternal Punishment. I can't remember what her Japanese name is. But, uh, yeah. Um, she was, or she's kind of become uh, the official character for that because apparently not many people play as the guy. Um, yeah. I can't remember what was going with that. Did you beat the game in any, at all? No, I played a decent amount of it, but I, yeah, I could not play through it because it's all in Japanese. Nobody's done a fan translation yet. Oh, yeah. Did you get a grasp uh, on the story at all? Like, all i ever seen is, like, the cover art where he's, like, a student bowing to this giant uh, statue. Oh, yeah, he's, uh, I always thought he was uh, slumped over in despair while the statue was kind of judging him, but, um... Well, that's, I guess it's two different interpretations of it, then. <laughs> yeah, his name is uh, Hamazu, actually, and, yeah, I, I know most of what happens in the story. Hamazu is picked on and bullied by all the other kids, and uh, he hates them all. Uh, he, I think he might be a transfer student, I can't remember, from another school. But basically, uh, you know, you can't have guns, so you can't do a school shooting in Japan. So uh, Next best do... thing is summon demons. <laughs> right, exactly. So he makes a uh, pact with uh, demons and becomes the lord of the underworld, or at least in his own mind he is. Oh. And, uh, of course, there are many interpretations of the game. Some people believe that it actually all takes place in Hamazu's mind. Uh, in the same way that uh, Persona 1 all takes place in Maki Sanomura's mind. Uh, which would give it much more of a connection to the Persona series, but uh, it's somewhat unclear. Uh, but basically, yeah, all these kids are vicious bastards to him, so he drags his school into hell. And your main objective is to just, yeah, find a way out. And the entire game play takes, unlike uh, Shin Megami Tensei 2, where you only you know, explore bits and pieces of Yomi. The entire game takes place there. And it's broken up into, I think, five chunks, uh, which are supposed to be... Uh, <coughs> which are supposed to be, in some way, like, based on the Seven Deadly Sins. Like, there's the, wor there's the world of Sloth, which is stupid as hell because it employs gameplay gimmicks, uh. Uh, where you have to wait around for moon phases to open certain doors and things like that. Well, that's, uh, that doesn't seem too bad as a mechanic. Maybe it's, like, frustrating. It's frustrating, and also, you're running into random battles. The only way to change the moon phase is to walk around. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Also, and uh, also, the moon phases in that game, especially in the older games in general, are really, really slow to change. So it takes for goddamn ever just to open one door. Damn. <laughs> yep. So. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's an interesting and creative uh, game. Uh, an interesting footnote in SMT history. I don't know if I'd call it great, but it's definitely a progressive and uh, game full of good ideas that were later translated into the Persona series. So you got one, two, and if, and uh, oh, there were all Super Famicom games. Yes. That's and Kyu Yaku. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, putting that aside because it was its own. It's it's a separate thing. We're talking about like SMT series proper now, I guess. Sure. So. I guess, like, besides, like, the obvious, like, religious stuff, you know, prevail and, like, prevail in the series and, like, the disturbing scenes. you think there's any other reason probably why it didn't come in America or inter internationally outside of Japan? Well, I mean, a lot of games just didn't get localized then, especially not RPGs. Yeah. It's kind of a miracle that we even got, like, Final Fantasy IV and VI and Earthbound. Well, like, uh, actually, we didn't get any Dragon Quest games from then, yeah. Right, exactly. They, yeah... 
RPGs were just not seen as popular, and that's part of, I think that might be in part why uh, the genre is slipping just a little bit, well, the Japanese uh, side of the genre specifically is slipping a little bit in American tastes, is because they just did not establish it as well in the beginning. Are you talking about the current landscape, or...? Right, in the current landscape. Uh, we'll get into that, like, later, okay? <laughs> sure. Alright, so, I guess, uh, so I guess we'll take a quick break here, and, uh... Alright, I need a drink anyway, my throat's starting to get sore. Mm. So, right. when we get back, we'll get into, uh, I guess the stuff that hit the 32-bit era, after 1, 2, and if. Okay. <laughs> 